Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone, and welcome to the Outfit Repeaters, an unofficial Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Cantor, and with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back podcasting once again about Lizzie McGuire, and I'm very excited because today, one of my very good friends is joining us. Her name is Kiara Walcott. Kiara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Kiara is another one of my page friends. (laughs) slowly but surely we will get the entire cohort on the podcast that's a tall it's a tall task um it's a long list we're yeah it's a long list and we're all over the place right now but maybe Kiara this this whole podcast idea started back when I wanted you myself and Jake Tobias who was also on the podcast a couple months ago to start a podcast and that just hasn't materialized yet but I still want it to I know this just sort of feels like good practice you know you're getting your sea legs with this one, and then Jake's getting, well, got his sea legs with his little, <laughs> little episode, and this is my shot, you know? My yeah. turn to, to try it. Absolutely. I think it'll be a natural. Oh, that's high praise. You have a lot of faith <laughs> in me, Sam. I do. <laughs> um, and this comes just as Marissa has informed me today that Hillary Duff is pregnant. She is breaking she news. Is. Breaking yeah, I saw that. <laughs> breaking news. Yes. This reminds me, uh, so... <laughs> One show that I've been watching a lot recently is The Magic of Animal Kingdom on Disney Plus. And <laughs> there's Bold no real, there's no real reason why. I just I'm a sucker for all of the Disney kind of like propaganda that they put up on the platform. Sure. Um, but every episode it seems they get really excited about like an animal that's pregnant. Not to compare <laughs> like Hillary Duff to all of the Animal Kingdom animals, but I just thought that was an interesting parallel. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what we've been watching in the past week, and like that is up on the list. I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> the magic of Animal Kingdom. Yes, it's it's a good time. I also watched um, uh, an HBO documentary called Class Action Park this morning about this water park in New Jersey where apparently there were just no rules, and people died, and people got injured, and it was crazy. Yeah, I heard about that. Like apparently like they had like X number of deaths a year yeah, and they stayed open. Like, like they just won all of their lawsuits, never closed. Crazy. It, yeah. It was wild. Like the, the, the rides that they described, there was like a water slide with like a, a loop de loop, but obviously that's a bad idea because gravity, uh, right. <laughs> there were water slides that just kind of shot you 10 feet in the, into the air like into a pool and just kind of like let you fend for yourself. There was a short-lived ride called Man in a Ball in a Ball. I mean, it's the <laughs> the rides they tried were wild. Like the fact that this was a real place just blows my mind. Totally. Yeah, and it seemed like it was like some serious street cred for that era too. Like oh, if yeah. you didn't like <laughs> if you didn't almost die that was at like, this park. That was like 80s Jersey hazing. It was like, you know, <laughs> Go go do X, Y, and Z at Action Park. 
<laughs> Marissa, you tried to watch a movie last night and you fell asleep. I did. I tried to <laughs> I tried to watch Work It, that Netflix movie with Sabrina Carpenter and Jordan Fisher, and it's like another of in like the step up vein. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I thought the premise was kind of problematic from the jump, but I was like, I really like Jordan Fisher, so I'm willing to like give it a shot. But basically, and I only made it like 20 minutes in because I fell asleep, but basically the premise is Sabrina Carpenter, this like tiny white girl, really wants to go to Duke. It's all she wants. Her dad went to Duke, but her resume isn't interesting enough. It's boring. She's an AP student. She does debate team. She's student council president. That is not enough for Duke. What would be enough for Duke is being on this dance team because they have a really good dance team at their school. But she doesn't dance. And you know who else, you know who does dance? This entire incredible cast of people of color who then have to teach Sabrina Carpenter how to dance. <laughs> it's like It's quite the promise. I'm sure at the end she'll become a great dancer and all And her fall in love with Jordan true. Fisher. And go oh, to, of course. And go to Duke. Yeah. Which, Which, like, we were talking about that, and, like, if she's legacy anyways, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, why is she trying? This shouldn't be so hard for her. Her dad went there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so crazy because, like, the villain character is the captain of the dance team, and he's so, no, you can't join her dance team, but, like, she has, she cannot dance. Like, this is not. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason. <laughs> it's not malicious. <laughs> to deny someone entry. That's not, like, unwarranted. Yeah. <laughs> Kiara, have you been watching anything fun recently? Ooh, I feel like I've gotten through all of the good stuff, you know? I started rewatching a lot in the beginning of, like, our shutdown. So I watched rewatched Ugly Betty because I'm a sucker for America Ferreira. <laughs> um, what else? And I'm ashamed to say that lately I've been watching um, Dancing with the Stars because it's on. <laughs> um, Tyra Banks is a horrible host. Oh, my God. She's so bad. So bad. <laughs> Makes it, I mean, it makes it entertaining. And like, thankfully, I feel like the stars that they have on this season are like decent. Like, Nelly is so fun to watch. Um, and the others, I'm just like, this is fine. And then I'm also watching um, Love Island, which is like not my thing, but I think it's the so US interesting. Love Island? Yeah. I started season two and I'm like way behind because it's over, but it's crazy. Okay. And I'm into it. No spoilers for Love Island, but Marissa was a big fan. Yes. You were too. <laughs> It's just such an interesting concept. And then whenever you think you have a handle on it, someone new comes in. Like you really <laughs> never settle in, which is uncomfortable. Yeah. Keeps but it in fresh. the best way. Yeah. Um, Kiara, you and I have bonded because we're both big Survivor fans. And so I'm really missing Survivor right now. But Yeah, I miss my Jeff Probst on a Wednesday. <laughs> I'm also missing my Before. Survivor White Rice Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... We are already planning because I'm not sure if you know, we recently did a Big Brother simulation with all the Lizzie McGuire characters. I heard that you were going to. We did that. On um, the Big Spies podcast. Crazy, crazy game. It was a crazy season. Um, But I think after we finish season two, we're going to do the same thing, but with a Survivor season. And our plan right now is for it to be Survivor, Hurt versus Tired versus Hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, and we've already sort of, we're already sort of like dividing the tribes. I think it's going to be really great. Sounds awesome. So if you want to come back for Survivor Hurt versus Tired versus Hungry, this is an open invitation. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) So Kiara, every time we have a guest, um, onto the podcast, we like to ask them like what 
their exposure to Lizzie McGuire is because I've never seen the show before. I'm watching all of these episodes for the first time. Lizzie's or blah, Marissa's seen all these. Oh my epi- god! It's <laughs> the <laughs> second grade all over again. Sorry, Marissa's seen all these episodes multiple times. Where do you fall on that spectrum? I was definitely a devoted viewer. Um, I like never missed the little drawing, the little Disney sign that let us know they were getting started because I did not want to miss a minute of it. And then I started rewatching early in quarantine. I got through like halfway of like half of season one and just stopped because it, it like, for me, it was, it wasn't the same watching, <laughs> rewatching. And I've heard Marissa that you've had the same experience rewatching that it's a little disappointing if you would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I, I, I tuned into season two, episode two, just for you guys. <laughs> what an episode you picked. Yeah, you picked, I know, it's you picked this episode. We were like, Kiara, you have your full pick of season two episodes, and you picked season two, episode <laughs> two, El Ora de Montezuma. What drew you to this episode? It's one of the it's one of the episodes that stand out and like live rent free in my mind, like to this day. Um, just like <laughs> the, the the pudding of it all, and I think the absurdity of the entire scenario and situation that they find themselves in towards the end. Um, and then just even rewatching it, like. The, the the A plot and the B plot and the way those just are completely at odds are interesting. I agree. This is a crazy episode. And as we were watching it, I was just thinking about the writer's room and how this must have gone because it's so random. Like I can Super. just imagine someone pitching like, you know, it would be a great idea, a Spanish game show. And everybody's like, yeah, no, that'd be a great yeah. idea. <laughs> the best idea. And a Spanish game show to learn about culture. Like, No. <laughs> Um, not only that, but to learn about Indonesian culture. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa, you had like strong memories about this episode too. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. How, how can you not, if you're a fan of the show, <laughs> you remember this episode, I think. Again, it's like obviously watching it as, you know, a seven or eight year old was an entirely different experience as watching it as a 24 year old but the memories came back oh that's what we need <laughs> cats is on hbo and i have never seen it oh, <laughs> cats is an experience oh you've seen it i have um i mean watch it just do it <laughs> all i can say i think we need to get some alcohol for that yeah we don't have enough alcohol in the apartment to watch cats at this time <laughs> Sorry, you saying memories just triggered that for a reason I can't explain. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This episode, watching it back, is just like, oh, here is like every, you know, because we talk about the problematic elements of Lizzie McGuire on the podcast frequently. And it was like, oh, they really just hit everything <laughs> in one episode. Yeah, um, they left no stone unturned. No. <laughs> Imagine this episode airing now in the year 2020. I can't. <laughs> it's so problematic. I mean, Disney just started, or for Disney Plus, they just started putting like disclaimers in all of their old movies about them having like racial content. And I feel like this would just be red flagged everywhere. Yeah. It was crazy to me how Lizzie knows literally no Spanish, which, how is that possible? She lives in LA. <laughs> she didn't like, even know what like bueno meant. I know, like, yeah, the most basic. It's like bare minimum. <laughs> right. Even Miranda, though, she like, 
she herself is Mexican and she's like, I don't know Spanish, but then it turns out she sort of does, <laughs> and, but, but her friends don't know that she knows Spanish and neither does Joe. I was so confused about the, the entire premise because Carlos is her cousin from Mexico. And so I was, un- it was unclear to me if they went to Mexico to do this game show or if this was <laughs> just like in LA and Carlos was here to visit, like these two things did not go together. No, not at all. Yeah, I've been thinking about this too, and I came to the conclusion that it's just a game show that, for whatever reason, tapes in L.A. because it's convenient for the plot. <laughs> yeah, I think there's no way that this is in Jersey. We can, of- <laughs> we can officially rule <laughs> we can out officially Jersey. officially rule out Jersey. This would never... <laughs> Jersey is home to many things, but they would not do this. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny because eventually, you know... I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Miranda is going to disappear. We've talked about this enough. Um, But the reason or where she is, it's always just like explained away by, oh, she's visiting her family in Mexico. So I hope that she brushed up on her Spanish. Some cultural immersion. I guess. (laughs) Should we just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Let's, Let's talk about this. Okay. So today we are recapping episode 202 El Oro de Montezuma. In this episode, Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo go on an outrageous Spanish game show, and the language barrier means they find themselves up to their waists in rice pudding. Spoiler. This episode aired on March 2nd, 2002. I mean, that was it. That, that was the episode. That was the episode. <laughs> I think we're good. I mean, these, these synopses like, fluctuate in accuracy and like quality (laughs) (laughs) but this one was actually like yeah that happened sure did yeah the the ronnie one last week was just like wait a second (laughs) yeah that was kind of inaccurate but yeah so we start this episode at the mcguire house lizzie miranda and gordo are watching tv and eating junk food and that's because that's what america is all about joe comes in and She is trying to get them up and active. She doesn't want them just sitting on the couch watching TV all afternoon. And she is volunteering at a convalescent home and asked if they would want to join her. I did not know what a convalescent hospital was. I didn't know. Sounds like my kind of Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up. I mean, yeah, we were like, this is what America is all about. But like, actually, this is what I do pretty regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, your snack runs are the epitome of... Target has become a regular weekend stop for me. Like, (laughs) Saturday comes around, I know I have to go to Target. Yep, and the purpose of that trip is goldfish and (laughs) Cheez-Its and nothing of nutritional value. Yeah, (laughs) but I'm not usually watching Spanish game shows. If we're watching anything Spanish, it's probably Money Heist. Well, they're watching a Spanish game show... But none of them speak Spanish and it is not subtitled. So I guess they're just watching it. I guess they're just drawn in by the absurdity of it. Yeah, I've I've never seen any Spanish game show. But what was happening on the screen reminded me a little bit of like when you watch Japanese game shows where they're just pretty ridiculous. I was going to say like the gong show. The gong show. <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit like the gong show too. But I don't know. Is I don't now. I'm like, is this what Spanish game shows are? I don't know. No, no one. I knows. imagine it's like like the watching The Price Is Right, but not like speaking English. You know, like you're like, why are these people running? Why are they dressed like this? Why are they like so excited? 
there is a re- there is a reason they're watching it, and it is because Miranda's cousin Carlos, quote, the one from Mexico, is supposed to be on it. Yeah, the stories about Carlos were more cool than Carlos himself turned out to be, I thought. Like, Carlos is really presented as, like, this cool guy. Apparently, he taught Sam how to dance. Um, Sure. (laughs) He also taught Miranda how to ride a bike, climb a tree, and swim. But then when we're actually introduced to Carlos, he's just kind of like a kid. (laughs) I don't know. Eight-year-old Marissa thought Carlos was cute. Oh. I have (laughs) memories of that. (laughs) Carlos yes give me more Carlos yeah I don't know the tone of well okay I'm jumping ahead but there's a line of like he's always looking for cool ways to like get money and like spend money and then later on we get the whole like was he being like yes let's do this game show I want money and to learn about other cultures but the money the prizes Lizzie's low-key obsessed with money. She did the same thing when Gordo talked about his bar mitzvah. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, wait, an opportunity for money? Mm." But like, what are you going to spend it on, Lizzie? You literally have no interests. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Um, It was also just, it's like almost like a roundabout way of referencing like odd jobs too. Like he he doesn't have a steady one. So he's like picking up random jobs. Yeah. Or like random, Mm -hmm. doing random things for money. For sure. Yeah, like you said, Joe doesn't think they should waste their afternoon watching TV, but then she gets distracted by the game show as well. And then they start asking questions like, is that host suntan real? And so I guess she's not going to the hospital after all. Yeah, she gets sucked <laughs> in. Um, and we close the opening scene on a, a shot of one of the, like, what would you call that man on the show? He's not the host. I guess like a... He's like the, <laughs> he's like the Andy Richter to the Conan the Guillermo to the Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, I don't know. I get. Yeah, the announcer. I don't know. He Not wasn't. It. He wasn't saying anything. Sidekick. The si- yeah, the sidekick. Yeah. yeah. Well, he says his catchphrase "El Oro es mío," and we cut to the theme song. Then we come back, and we are now at school. Um, Mr. Dig slash Digs. I get is it Digs now? <laughs> so this show is crazy because. <laughs> So often the characters don't even know their own names. <laughs> and we've been presented to Mr. Dig, no S, many times as Mr. Dig. But he introduces himself in this episode as Mr. Diggs with an S. It's like, who even are Who's you? Who's right? Is he wrong about himself? <laughs> or, is, or is everybody else wrong about him? I think the same thing has happened with Kate, too, and like her last name. Sanders versus Saunders. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what is happening? Just another inconsistency. Kiara, where do you fall on this? Where What are we going with? You know, I feel like it's a season two glow up for Mr. Diggs. He added an S for a little extra flair. <laughs> you know, it's, it's his choice. You're right. Mr. Diggs can't be wrong. Mr. Diggs can't be wrong about himself. No, he changed it legally. <laughs> he legally, what's his first name? Do we know? No. No. <laughs> There's an episode later this season. It's called like Dinner with Mr. Dig slash Diggs. Actually, I wonder what that episode is actually. Yeah, it's called My Dinner with Mr. Dig. Singular. With no S. No S. Maybe he changed it back. Maybe <laughs> Didn't he, like it. He, was, he, he tried it for a little while and he's like, eh, this just doesn't feel right for me. It's not working. Change it back. <laughs> so will we refer to him in this episode as Mr. Diggs? Will we respect? Yes. Respect the name. I think we should. I think this episode, he should be Mr. Diggs. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. 
Well, he is substituting their, I guess, social studies class, as he, you know, always is. There is a new student who, at first they say he's from that place, and we shortly after that find out he's from Indonesia, and his name is Lee. This was so... (laughs) Cringy. This is a little cringy. I mean, so Lee comes in, and Lee sits down, and Mr. Diggs is trying to teach his class, and Lizzie just talks through it. She's like having a full-on conversation with Lee, and it's just so... It's just such an uncomfy conversation. And when did Lizzie get this outgoing? Season two. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I can't even imagine. I feel like season one, Lizzie would just not talk to anybody. Yeah, she's super confident here, and... Almost like, it's like a rude confidence. Like that kid from that place. And she's like, she's baffled that she doesn't, or that he doesn't understand her, her like lingo. She's like, let me give you the 411. It's like, why are you starting this kid out with like all of your (laughs) weird sayings? Yeah, it's like there's an obvious language barrier. And instead of like, because the thing is here, it's like Lizzie... Lizzie perceives herself as like a nice person, right? And this is less about confidence and more like, here's a new kid. I'm going to be friendly and introduce myself to him. But then it's just like the the execution is just not there. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like she wants to introduce herself and be nice, but it ends up with just her being frustrated. And it's like, come on now. Like, there's no need for that. Yeah, she says... He's cute, but he understands even less than Ethan Kraft. Yeah, but he has more of an excuse than Ethan Kraft. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, literally doesn't speak your language. Yeah, and I think that this episode, like, overall, it does really present that sort of, like, you're in America, speak English sort of mentality from the characters. And, like, that America is the center of the universe. It was just not fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't like it. But don't worry, Mr. Diggs is going to start talking, and that will make it better. <laughs> Does it make it better? <laughs> he, he asks Lita, like, share of the class how he can benefit, how they can benefit from his culture or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he, he clearly is not having an easy time of understanding you, so this is not going to be an easy thing for him to do. Like, maybe you can do that as his teacher. Yeah, no. I did appreciate in this scene, um, Gordo gets a pretty good burn on Larry. I did appreciate that. Do you want to say the burn? Sure. So Mr. Diggs is like talking about how different parts of the world have different standards of beauty and starts listing off some examples that honestly seem a little bit dated. I don't know how accurate they are in like the 21st century. And they also seem a little bit stereotypical, but you know, whatever. We'll look past that. Larry ends up saying something pretty insensitive, like that's weird. And then Mr. Diggs points out that the women in Eastern Africa would find Larry alarmingly pale and bizarrely dressed. And then Gordo's like, that's how the women here find him. So that was a good burn, I thought. I appreciate it. Was. That. <laughs> yeah. Point for Gordo. Point for Gordo. Yeah. Gord- season two Gordo is <laughs> really trying to mend the fences that season one Gordo just tore down. But yeah, the, so this scene basically culminates in, again, sort of like we started talking about this idea that American culture is richer from the contributions of other cultures, um, asking we how we Americans can benefit from Indonesia. Um, and then he gives out an assignment that every student has to write a report on a different culture. Yeah, he doesn't say that it has to be their own culture, which I think was Lizzie's initial interpretation. It can be any culture. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about this. <laughs> we can keep on cruising through. I think we can move on. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, so then we're back at Lizzie's house, and Lizzie asks her parents, where did I come from? And they think she means this literally. Like, didn't we already have this talk? Like, how was she conceived? Yes. Yes. And big news, big news. We learn where Sam and Joe McGuire are from. Yeah, there's some... They're, <laughs> this is so random. I know. <laughs> Super random. Yeah, Joe is from Walla Walla, Washington, and Sam is from Kalamazoo. Now, I have a lot of questions about this combination of places. Sure. I feel like they just looked up a list of just like, what are the funniest sort of things to say in terms of like town names? They definitely did. And just go off of that. Yeah, these are actually real places. Yeah. <laughs> No one would go there, but they're real. But they would come from there. But they, yeah. I'd heard of Kalamazoo. The only reason I have heard of Kalamazoo is from a decom movie, Starstruck. So <laughs> it's <laughs> a Disney thing. Disney has a thing for Kalamazoo. But yeah, my questions are, you know, Joe is from Washington. Sam is from Michigan. Mr. Diggs, also from Michigan. He is, yeah. So yeah, I would just love to know their, their backstory. And how they ended up in- and How they ended up in- California. Or Mexico, one of the two. <laughs> what Somewhere. if this entire show has been taking place in Mexico <laughs> and we just didn't know? You know, the world of the show is so insular. It, like, wouldn't even be that much of a stretch. Yeah. But, yeah, no, Lizzie's like, no, my culture. What is, what, where is our family from? And Sam's family is Scottish or Irish or something like that. Close. Joe is Swiss, German, Hungarian, Polish, all of the countries with heavy food. And Sam says, whatever I am, I'm proud to be it. (laughs) (laughs) They're from like 90% of Europe, basically. And Lizzie feels like she has nothing to work with here. Yeah, that's not much. That was not very helpful. And then Sam opens the pantry and (laughs) plot twist, Lanny's there. (laughs) sure is he and matt i guess are playing hide and seek but apparently the pantry was off limits for an unspecified reason that seems like a perfectly valid place to hide to me but matt's like no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is such an excellent moment (laughs) for matt mcguire yeah i didn't take the clip but he says you can't hide in the pantry you've transgressed the rules you've opened a can of worms now i'm hiding wherever i want you have been warned (laughs) So yeah, so this sets up the B story, which is basically just an epic game of hide and seek between Matt and Lanny. Yeah, like you've never seen it before. Never seen. (laughs) As we were watching this, Marissa, you were like, aren't they too old for this? Yeah. Do you age out of hide and seek? They felt a little old. I mean, they took it so seriously. (laughs) How old are they? Do we know? 11? No, wait. Yeah, I think that's right. I think 11? Matt was like 10 in season one. Okay. I think this is like, I think he's probably in like sixth grade now or fifth still because they're not in the same school. Yeah. All right. So they're 11. Ish. Ish. I mean, you would automatically think that Lanny's going to hide because he makes no noise. So, right. you know, it would take a lot to find him. Plus it turns out he's like super athletic. <laughs> he's like Spider-Man, it will turn out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This just felt like they just really, they needed something to do with Matt. And they, I don't know, this felt lazy. Wasn't a fan. I mean. And it becomes a, a, becomes a pretty extreme game of hide and seek too. Like 
how does Matt hail a cab from place to place? <laughs> like with, with what money? Yeah, I mean, I guess they were thinking that the game show would just carry it. They were like, no one's going to care about this. Everybody's going to be so focused on the game show. Yeah. Well, I was very focused on the hide and seek. So (laughs) jokes on you. Cool. So from there, we go to Sam's favorite weird cafe, the Digital Bean. And we meet Carlos, who, you know, immediately embraces Lizzie, kisses her on the cheeks. Um, like they do in Mexico City. Like they do in Mexico City. Um, <laughs> to which her response is, why can't Ethan Craft be from Mexico City? Yeah, it was, it seemed like she didn't like that. She did not. Yeah, she did not. Did she not, was not a fan. Yeah, it did not seem like she wanted to be kissed. You know, I and that's fair. There should be some level of consent. And Gordo is immediately like, nope, not happening for <laughs> I'm me. I'm more of a handshake guy. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 no. But yeah, it turns out that Carlos never actually made it on the game show, so they've been watching it this entire time for no reason. Yeah, his entire team quit on him (laughs) because they have to attend their sister's wedding. Yeah, he tried to recruit people from his parents' retirement home, and they actually would have been really good participants. They're very good at stunts, but they have a (laughs) puppet show to see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and these these, reasons are just so... What? It's crazy. But don't worry. If there's money involved, Lizzie will do it. She'll be there. She'll be there. Just call her up. And it doesn't matter if she doesn't speak the language, she'll do it. Right. To learn about the culture for her project. Yeah. It's like two birds, one stone. Like this is just a perfect opportunity. Yeah. And we start the sort of trend of this episode where it's like, oh, I guess Miranda does speak a little bit of Spanish because Carlos... Talks about the dinero y regalos fabulosos. And Miranda's like, that means money and fabulous prizes. And Lizzie's like, (laughs) money? (laughs) Prizes? Yeah. Apparently Miranda's go-to Spanish phrases are things like, thanks for the Christmas present, Grandpa. And I'm off the phone now. Necessary. That's all you need. (laughs) That's all you need to know. Yeah. Important things. I wonder how this would have been handled on the... um, no, it never happened, but Miranda spinoff show. With Selena Gomez. With Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. I bet there's a pilot out there somewhere. You think so? I think there is. And I am curious enough to hunt it down. I think Selena Gomez was like 10 when they filmed this. But she was never in the show. Just to confirm, she was she never, was never in, in the show. Maguire. No. She was a sister who came out of nowhere. She did not literally. exist. I think Miranda, <laughs> at some point, we find out that Miranda has like a baby sister, but like actually a baby. So she just ages really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, Lizzie can now do a report about foreign culture and win a bunch of prizes. Yes, because Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo are going to be Carlos's teammates on El Oro de Montezuma. This is a foolproof plan. Correct. I think they've got this. I see zero flaws. <laughs> so then we jump into, it's not really a montage. It's more of just a like speed up sort of editing choice of them practicing stunts. And they're also practicing Spanish. And we get this sequence of Gordo reading phrases he wants to learn for the show and Miranda translating them. And they're just, they're gearing up. 
they have their parents' permission. How? I, <laughs> I'm clear. Joe um, got sucked in. I mean, this is what, the third or fourth time they've been on TV now? They're on TV constantly. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Yeah, they were in Aaron Carter's music video. They were in Aaron Carter's music video, which I think was an alternate universe, but we, <laughs> again. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Um, they were on the news when Lizzie saved someone's life. They were. They were in a documentary. They were in a documentary. Filmed by Stan Jansen. They were also in like a school kind of trivia competition, which I don't think was filmed, but seems pretty similar to the storyline. You're right. They do recycle storylines like <laughs> all the time. They do. They were just like, let's do that, but with Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And so in this scene... Lizzie is really focused on the physical aspect of the competition. She's like, we don't, we don't need to know Spanish. We have Carlos. Yeah, we don't need to know Spanish. We just need to know how to pass an orange like with our necks to each other. That's the most important skill. They're like, okay. And I think my favorite part of this entire episode is this next moment where Lanny comes in mm. and just like the look on his face really just summed up how I felt. <laughs> I agree. He was like appalled. He was like, what are you doing? He was like, what? <laughs> I mean, when you can't talk, you have to have a very expressive face. And Lanny does have a very expressive face. Yeah, it really said it all. Yeah. So he's looking for Matt, who pretty much gives himself away because he's talking the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's a terrible hider in this scene. He is. And then he sneezes at one point, too. Yeah, and it turns out he's hiding inside of the piano. Mm -hmm. yeah so that game continues he's like lanny go hide so lanny goes and runs away and then yeah lizzie says that they should spend more time on stunts than learning spanish since carlos will be the translator for them and carlos says bueno what's bueno <laughs> what what is that i don't know it's like how do you not know bueno? like i feel like even if you just went even if you like stumbled into a taco bell you would know bueno <laughs> right if you like walked around your neighborhood you'd know bueno yeah i just i just don't how yeah like you never took spanish but i feel like you know like colloquial yeah i mean i can i like the I, very basic phrases i don't yeah i never took spanish but i don't know like nothing like yeah like you would think that lizzie mcguire had never heard a word of spanish in her entire life yeah i'm curious though because i didn't understand all the spanish because there were no subtitles like what level of spanish were we talking about on the show like was this very elementary Spanish? Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't have any trouble translating it. And, I mean, I took Spanish through high school and did AP Spanish, but I didn't take it in college, so. Humble brag. What was that? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying, like, I. <laughs> You're like, oh, I just took AP Spanish. It was no big deal. AP Spanish was really <laughs> intense. We were not allowed to speak English. Senor Carpenito was no joke. I am proud. And, you know. I passed that test, and no one was more surprised by that than me. <laughs> so, yeah, I took AP Spanish. Kiara, you didn't take, did you take Spanish? I took Spanish in, I want to say, like, elementary school, middle school. But we never, like, leveled up. It was always the same thing over and over again. So we'd learn, like, school supplies numbers, like, the alphabet. And that was, like, our rotation of things. Was it enough to get you through this episode? Yeah. I knew what bueno meant. <laughs> Better than Lizzie. Sorry, I cut you off. Totally fine. Um, and then I like switched in high school to like French um, and actually learned stuff. So that was cool. There you go. Yeah, it's um, it's just crazy to me because 
we're assuming that she lives in LA. There's a huge Hispanic population in LA. So just the fact that she knows nothing is either just emblematic of the really small bubble that she lives in, or I, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, I mean, look at Jill McGuire. She didn't really seem like she knew what was going on either. So I wouldn't be surprised if Joe McGuire didn't know that her kids were on a game show today. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like, where are the kids? And Sam is like, I don't know. And she's like, okay. Meanwhile, they're on El Oro de Montezuma. Yes. With their host, Alejandro Guzman. Yeah. So he comes out and he introduces the team and he badly mispronounces Lizzie's and Gordo's names. Lizzie McGooey. Yeah, David Gordon. <laughs> I feel like Ethan's done that too, actually. Now that I say it out loud, I feel like Ethan is also pronounced Gordo's name like that. That just felt unnecessary. It was a, uh, they turned the stereotype on its head, you know? Did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I did appreciate for what it's worth. And this is like maybe the one okay thing. Like I did appreciate, even though it was very elementary Spanish and we basically got all the translations from Carlos that like it was in Spanish and like they didn't subtitle it. And you know, if you don't know, you don't know. That's true. This game, I don't understand the structure of this game. And (laughs) it feels like a, I know that you have in general vetoed talking about Harry Potter on the podcast, but I will say it was a little bit Quidditch-like in that it was just a game that made no sense. Does Quidditch not make sense? I mean, there are Quidditch teams. No, Quidditch makes no sense. Like, it's like there's two separate games going on at the same time. Like, (laughs) what's the point of scoring? the? Like, who's going to score the ball 170 times before the seeker catches the snitch? Like, if it eventually gets to the point where it... I mean, we can talk about that at another time, but Quidditch (laughs) makes no sense. (laughs) about that the the tasks were definitely random and like not scaled appropriately yeah like so like the final thing was what building the a tower with the pudding yeah building a pyramid with blocks and i don't understand why you need rice pudding to put those blocks into a pyramid but you do i guess but there's like also trivia there's just like random trivia questions they have to pop balloons between their chests <laughs> And dress Gordo. Uh, and dress Gordo, yes. <laughs> As un matador. Yeah. Andale. And like <laughs> the quiz part where it's like the question is what muralist painted the Aztec world. And Miranda's like, ooh, ooh, my parents took me to this museum that one time. So I know this. I don't know. I feel like how insulting is it for these American children to come on to a Spanish language show and like think that they are like deserve it to be there and are competing against, you know, a yeah. Mexican cast. I don't like, know how entitled they, Americans. I don't know how they would have made it through the <laughs> casting process. Yeah, you would think the first question would be like, do you speak Spanish? I don't know. Maybe because Carlos was already in and he just kind of like maybe wiggled them through. I don't know. Kiara, you're like a little bit familiar with the casting world. <laughs> I feel like it definitely be because Carlos was already in and he's just like, this is my team. And they're like, okay, fine. Carlos speaks Spanish. (laughs) Yeah. They must speak Spanish as well. I mean, you say that about Miranda, but I feel like Lizzie's probably never been to a museum. So at least Miranda's been to a museum. (laughs) Yeah. I just wish that there was more like consistency, 
And I wish that they did just let her lean into like knowing things about her culture and like, I don't know, because they do both. Pick a lane. Yeah, because she knew all about Night of the Day of the Dead. That was Night of the Day. <laughs> Sorry, I, listened, I said the episode title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and not to say that there can't be like nuances with that. Not to say that like, because obviously she can know a lot about Mexican culture without speaking the language, but it's more just like a character consistency thing where it's like they try to position her as knowing nothing, but she clearly knows stuff. And I want her to know stuff. Let her know stuff. <laughs> Let her know stuff. Yeah, so then we cut back to the house because we have to just get more hide-and-seek in here. Which is way less interesting <laughs> at this point. Like, they should have, you know what? They should have gotten Matt involved in El Oro de Montezuma. Yeah. Yeah, they should have just brought it all together. They do that sometimes where there isn't really a B-plot because Matt and Lizzie are both involved in the same things. And those are always the best episodes. So I think Matt would have been down for this. Yeah, I think Matt would have been down for this too. Matt's always looking to throw some rice pudding at people. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Matt and Lanny could have been on the opposite team. That would have been cool. Instead, we get a hide-and-seek montage because <laughs> it's not Lizzie McGuire if you don't have at least two montages. It's true. See, we do say that. Last week you said we didn't say that, but I'm we do say, say the that. The reason I'm saying it now is because you said it last week. It's true. So, yeah, this is where we get Lanny as Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dang. Yeah, so Matt's looking for him, and it turns out he's hiding on the ceiling. <laughs> what what core strength from Lanny? Lanny's <laughs> been doing some yoga. <laughs> this is crazy. How did he get up there? Spider-Man. And then um, it is Lanny's turn to seek, and Matt is hiding inside a mailbox. Um, yeah, how did he get how in did there? He get in that? That's pretty crazy. Super crazy. Also, just imagine how scary it is for everyone who has, like, gone to put mail in and his head <laughs> is just, like, there. There's just a child in the mailbox. <laughs> yeah, and then this is where we get what we mentioned earlier where Matt is just, like, driving around in a taxi. Yeah, but it's, like, a taxi from, like, the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is this taxi so old? Yes, so old, and it's taking him to, like, multiple locations. No questions asked, well, He's- except for, like, the address, obviously. He's reserved the taxi for the day. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, this intense game of hide and seek means that they could be hiding literally anywhere in the world. Yeah. It's pretty impossible. It's an impossible task. Yeah. But in this scene, he's looking for Lanny. He's not trying to hide. That's true. He's looking for Lanny and Lanny has shipped himself (laughs) to Matt's house. (laughs) How? He's been through so much. Lanny's clearly better at this game. Yeah. Matt is very outmatched in this game of hide-and-seek because A, Lanny is Spider-Man. B, Lanny can, like, ship himself. He clearly has, like, the postal service wrapped around his finger. (laughs) That's probably how he got the the tip that Matt was hiding in a mailbox. Yeah, he ends up shipping himself to the McGuire household so that when Matt arrives, he opens the box, and surprise, there's Lanny (laughs) in the box. And apparently this is not enough to win. There's one more round to go. Yeah. What will be enough? I don't know. Yeah, this B story made no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't end. It doesn't end. I, it doesn't make sense, but I do like where it ended yeah. because that is what I would have done too. But I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, we Sorry. have to get back to El Oro de Montezuma. Do we have to? Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so this is the scene where they are dressing Gordo to look like a matador they have to 
find the clothes via various like it's like first there's like a word association game where they're like ice cube dice television what do they have in common they're all squares now let's look in the square box and it's like there aren't that many places to look (laughs) no i don't know everything about this it's like the writing is so lazy it's also worth mentioning that lizzie hears all of those things and says las vegas (laughs) <laughs> like that's what that's what it reminds her of ice cube dice television i can see it but lizzie's obsessed with money it makes perfect sense I that mean, she would be driven to las vegas all about vegas from gammy mcguire no nana went to vegas oh, nana. wrong grandparent <laughs> get your grandparents on straight but I, yeah this is like a objectively this is not an entertaining game no <laughs> This is a fake game show, and it's just not entertaining. Yeah. The most entertaining thing that happens is Lizzie is trying to get the hat, and a bunch of boxes fall on top of her in her pursuit. Yeah, they find- I cuidado. They find out that um, the hat is underneath the bottom block, but there's at least 10 to 12 blocks stacked on top of that block. So Lizzie's like, I know what I'll do. I'll just lift all the blocks. (laughs) Great Bad plan. idea. Yeah. Great, great, great idea. Great move. But she got the hat and they won the challenge. All right. So now there's a chest full of treasure and there's like a bulletin board with like, um, I don't even know. Like, like name cards. Yeah. Name cards on them. And Lizzie is asked to pick roles for each of them to play in a game that we don't know what it is, but she has to pick a role for each of them. Yes. And Carlos is the Quetzalcoatl, the Aztec bird snake god and that means that he gets separated from the team i mean can't say i didn't see this coming yeah <laughs> yeah it's for- that they spent so much time watching it like when they thought he was going to be on and it seems like they've picked up nothing you know like yeah. they should have learned at least what one of these mean yeah they should have this game presumably has been played before so they should know that the aztec bird snake god will be separated from the rest of the team and he's put in like a soundproof glass box <laughs> so he can actually still see everything that's happening and yell at them, but they just can't hear him. It's funny too, because there were more roles than people. So yeah, if Lizzie had picked anything up and knew what was going on, theoretically, nobody had to be separated from the team. Yeah. And Carlos is making a big deal about like, oh no, I'm getting separated. And they're like physically dragging him away and the rest of his teammates do nothing. They're just like, oh, Oh, well, I guess, bye. I guess <laughs> we're on <laughs> So, yeah, predictably, this is not going to go well. Yeah. Lizzie says that she needs to brush up on a thousand years of Mexican culture, and she feels like she just transferred to a school in Indonesia. Callback. Oh, good callback. They bring out a giant tub of rice pudding, and I, I will confess, I've never had rice pudding. Kiara, have you ever had rice pudding? I'm not a fan. Me either. It's a, it's a weird texture, I find. I don't know. It just looks kind of like porridge or something. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a cold porridge. That's an accurate description. But they have like gallons and gallons of rice pudding here. Yeah, like a bathtub yeah. of rice pudding. It's way too much rice pudding. And so they get the instructions in Spanish and it's like, go. Yeah, and what they're supposed to do is build a pyramid of boxes and use the pudding for cement. But they don't understand Spanish, so they try a bunch of different things. They start, you know, putting the pudding in the boxes. 
Gordo decides he just wants to start eating the pudding. <laughs> the audience starts laughing at them because they are just, you know, making fools of themselves. And this seems to really bother Lizzie. This really, like, galvanizes her to try to, like, get it right. If there's one thing Lizzie hates, it's being laughed at by other people. <laughs> but Gordo's just like, yeah, I like rice pudding. I'm going to eat it. So Gordo's eating. Lizzie's like, they're laughing. So that's obviously not right. Very sensitive to the laughter. Yeah, very sensitive. <laughs> so she starts throwing the pudding into the boxes, but it gets her, her aim is really bad and it gets on Miranda and Miranda throws it back. And now there is a pudding fight. Thanks a lot, Miranda. I mean, thanks a lot, Lizzie. I might have that too, actually. <laughs> no, I don't. So yeah, now they're all throwing rice pudding at each other, making a huge mess. Meanwhile, Carlos is just like slowly dying behind the soundproof glass. Yeah, Carlos is like, you need to make a pyramid out of the boxes. Yeah, and that is how El Oro de Montezuma, the show within the show, ends. Not how the episode ends, but that is the last scene of the game show. Safe to assume they get no money or prizes, right? I hope I hope Gordo got some rice pudding to go. <laughs> <laughs> that the rice pudding is the prize. Yeah. Not a great show. No, this is a bad game show. And I've seen some pretty bad game shows throughout um, my years. Your years? Yes, throughout my years. I've seen some pretty <laughs> pretty cringy game shows, but this probably takes the cake. And this is worse because it has just no structure. Like, how do you win? Unclear. Yeah, and they're just like, how do we get every like Mexican stereotype and caricature into this episode? Yeah. They did it. All right, so cutting back to school, it's time for them to give their presentations about culture oh boy (laughs) yeah Gordo starts and we get the tail end of his and he's talking about tattoos and India I I, I assume he's talking about henna he's talking about Mendy tattoos Mendy tattoos yeah with the implication that India gave America tattoos which is again because what can Americans take from other cultures okay so now it's Lizzie's turn and she gets up and she starts talking about her experience on a Spanish language game show. Do you understand, Lee? <laughs> and then he says, <laughs> "Like why? <laughs> why do leave you to, Lee alone? Yeah, just like don't. Why do you? Why do you need to call him out like this?" It's still working hard for the friendship. Uh, do you understand, Lee? And then his response is, "Like Hollywood squares." <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg to block. Honestly, I would have rather watched Hollywood Squares than this game show. I loved Hollywood Squares. Yeah, Hollywood Squares was no joke. Yeah. I've never seen it. No? No. Nope. What's your go-to game show? Um, I don't have one. Is that a thing people have? I feel like it is. Go-to game shows? Yeah, no. like Marissa and I right now, Weakest Link, go-to game show. Yeah, I can't say that I have one. Well, Hollywood Squares, fun time, better than El Oro de Montezuma. <laughs> no question. <laughs> Yeah, and then Lizzie says that she learned that it's hard to be in a place where you don't understand the language or the customs, which seems sincere at first, but then it's completely undermined by cartoon Lizzie going, it's like being laughed at, which is clearly all she cares about. (laughs) I missed that. I I forgot that she said that. And then Lizzie apologizes to Lee for losing her patience with him because he doesn't get everything right away. And she ends up picking Indonesia for her report, 
And it's just like the weirdest. <laughs> oh, you're just like, what? Yeah, because she's like, my report's actually about Indonesia. And then they just do a slow zoom in on Lee, who's like smiling. And it's just, <laughs> it's so weird. And they play this like really melodramatic music over it. I don't know. Should we play this clip? Sure. We did not play a clip and we are nearing the end of the episode. So we did not. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's play this clip because it's it's a crazy time. Now we'll hear from Miss McGuire. Well, for my report, I thought it would be a good idea to go on a Spanish language game show. Do you understand, Lee? Like Hollywood Squares? Whoopi Goldberg to block? <laughs> yeah, like that, only stickier. And before I did that, I didn't realize how hard it is to be in a place where you don't understand the language or customs or what to do with the box and a bunch of rice pudding. And now I realize that I should learn about other people's cultures because we're all here together and it would be much easier if we all understood each other. And believe me, now I know what it's like not to understand. It's like being laughed at and covered in rice pudding is what it's like. So I'm sorry if I lost my patience with you because you don't get everything right away. I won't do that anymore. I understand. <laughs> Wise words, Miss McGuire. Anyway, um, I picked somewhere else. The culture of Indonesia is both ancient and modern, stretching across hundreds of islands in Southeast Asia. Among them, Bali and Jakarta. <laughs> Indonesian culture reflects both land and sea. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, it actually starts to zoom in on both of them. I don't even know, it's like a commercial. So strange. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Lizzie learned something, but did she? But did she? All right, one more scene to go. Yeah, we have the end of the epic hide and go seek where Lanny just gave up looking for Matt and is just eating pizza. Honestly, I have so much respect for this decision because hide and seek is objectively a bad game, also. He's like, you know what? Not worth it. There's pizza. I'm going to eat it. Then we cut to Matt who's hiding in a train yeah. and then the train just starts to ride away. So I guess that's, that's a wrap on Matt McGuire guys. Yeah. <laughs> How did he get home? We need a whole episode. I mean, probably by taxi. <laughs> <laughs> the same taxi. The same no exact doubt. taxi. While in the train, he says he's bored and he's hungry. Now, Sam. Yes. This caused a lot of, this caused a moment for you for, you know, survivor, <laughs> hurt versus tired versus hungry. You had originally placed Matt McGuire on the hurt trap. Yes. So little preview of what's to come. Matt McGuire was originally put onto the hurt tribe because as we know, this is aversion therapy. The thing you like causes you pain. That seems like a perfect designation for Matt McGuire. He's well-versed in hurt and aversion therapy and, you know, hurting people. And also the hurt tribe is a mix of people who hurt other people and who get hurt. And Matt McGuire is frequently also the recipient of pain <laughs> from his classmate, Melina. So this briefly made me reconsider whether Matt belonged on the hungry tribe, but ultimately I think the hurt tribe is the perfect place for Matt McGuire. I respect that. That sounds right. Lanny also... I think ultimately I put Lanny on the Hungry Tribe, right? I mean, you did. he doesn't 
doesn't talk, but he's always eating. I mean, yeah, here's Lanny eating a bunch of pizza at the end of the episode. <laughs> His first hiding place was in the pantry. Lanny clearly belongs on the Hungry Tribe. But, you know, we can talk more about tribe designations because <laughs> this is very preliminary right now. And obviously, we still have an entire season to get to. So somebody may just, you know, really come out of the woodwork and just earn a spot on the cast. Like, for example, Ronnie with his incredible performance as Lizzie's brief boyfriend <laughs> in the prior episode we did, earned him a spot on the Hurt Tribe for how much he hurt Lizzie McGuire. So <laughs> so if we get another showing like that, I can easily see somebody sneaking their way onto this cast. So it is a working cast list right now. It is. Like you initially had Paolo on the cast. Yeah, I don't um, know anything about Paolo, but I know that you're tired of Paolo, so I put him on the Tired Tribe. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm petitioning for that spot to go to Frankie Muniz. I know nothing about Frankie Muniz's character or the storyline that he plays in Lizzie McGuire. So he really adds a lot. It's a great episode. Like if you have you have your season one Aaron Carter episode and then you have your season two Frankie Muniz episode. Frankie Muniz is actually in the episode and has part of the plot. Like is a big part of the plot. So got you. Yeah, it's good stuff to come. Kara, I'm assuming you're also familiar with the Frankie Muniz episode. I am. I remember pieces of it. And it, it's a good one. It's like, it's Aaron Carter adjacent, but better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, they didn't give Aaron Carter much to do. So no, <laughs> he was himself. <laughs> low, low bar to clear for Frankie Muniz. <laughs> circle back to Paolo. Is there room on the Hurt Tribe for him? He would belong he on the people. Hurt Tribe. Yeah. There, there would be, there would not be room as the Hurt Tribe is presently constructed. The Hurt Tribe, as presently constructed, is comprised of Sam McGuire, constantly getting hurt, um, Melina, constantly inflicting hurt, Matt McGuire, who we've discussed already, Kate and Claire, who are well-versed in hurt, and then Ronnie. And that would be our six-person tribe. So we would have to get rid of one of Sam, Matt, or Ronnie to make way for Paolo. And I don't think at this time we're ready to do that. Fair. Unless we redesignate one of their tribe you know designations but like i said this is a working this is a working cast list so we'll see how this evolves throughout the course of season two lizzie mcguire and we have like yeah. 30 episodes to go still it's true <laughs> there's so many episodes we still have what like six <laughs> months of this um yeah many months many many months well so that was it for the official recap now we talk about some outfits yes all right, so yeah, sticking with uh, kind of what we were talking about last week, season two is just very much like everything about their clothes that were interesting in season one has given way to just like normal clothes. Yeah. No crazy patterns, just clothes. Yeah, it actually is very jarring how understated their style is now. There's no like cheetah pants with camo shirts. Yeah. <laughs> That's the season two glow up. Yeah, Gordo has graduated from button-down to t-shirt. Still too big for him, though. <laughs> yeah, even their hair is just, it's just hair. that You know, there's no pom-poms in it. There's no octopus braids. No octopus braids. <laughs> so true. But don't worry, Lee's going to come in, and Lee is like, <laughs> <laughs> Lee's, got a, Lee's got a fun shirt. Can I also say that we didn't talk about this, but Lee looks like significantly younger than everybody else 
maybe Leah is like a genius. You know, sometimes kids come in and they're just geniuses. Maybe. Physically, he looks like he should be in school with like Matt and Molina. <laughs> like he's so much smaller. Like look at the guy, even in the background. Well, of the this guy shot. in the background looks way too old looks to be in like- class. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like he's at least a junior in high school. Yeah. But yeah, Kiara, how do you, what do, do you like this shirt from Lee? How do you feel about this look? Um, I wouldn't call it stylish, but I'm sure it's popular <laughs> in, in Indonesia. It's like an orange button down, but the front and only the front has got some like flower designs, some white flowers. It's a little bit too big. The collar is like way too big for yeah. him. But you know, he's Lee. This is, this is just who Lee is. Mr. Dig rocks the Argyle. Sorry, Mr. Diggs. <laughs> Mr. Diggs kind of dresses like a grandfather. He does. For a cool substitute teacher, his style is not reflective of that. No, and is that an ascot? No, I think it's a tie. It's just a weird angle in the frame. Unclear. Could go either way. You know what, though? He's got the double studs, the two, oh, the yeah. two earrings. <laughs> so not just one, but two. He contains multitudes. He's a complex guy. <laughs> Larry wearing one of his like two polos that he usually wears. Are there two? I'm pretty sure it's just the one. I thought he had a greener. Oh, I thought he had one that was like a little bit greener, but maybe you're right. Lizzie has like a huge heart necklace. Yeah, she does. (laughs) Was this a gift from Ronnie? (laughs) Oh. Too soon? Too soon. Sam McGuire, no tie today. Wow. Casual look for him. It's a season two Sam McGuire. A lot of people wearing orange here. Here's Joe McGuire doing her best version of the orange look. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Carlos because Carlos is coming in here to break hearts, specifically <laughs> eight-year-old Marissa's heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why because, like, I mean, he's fine. I think it's the dimples. Oh, okay. I don't know. Kiara, were you a Carlos fan? No. I mean, what's going on with his hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Here he is, denim jacket, yep. big smile, flashy necklace. Yeah. He's Carlos. Weird smile. He's a happy guy. What's Miranda got on her shirt? Is that a cat? It's like a pink cat. Like the, is it a pink panther shirt? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like an abstract. What is going on yeah. with Lizzie's pants? There's a horse on them. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's, <laughs> that's a horse. <laughs> All right, so I guess I take back my my earlier comment about no crazy outfits because here's Lizzie wearing horse pants. But they match her shirt, so it's still more <laughs> subdued. Gordo just looks like Gordo. He has a whistle. Yeah, I mean, that's how you practice for a game show. you got to have a whistle. Wow, even Lanny's in orange. Everybody's wearing orange <sighs> in this episode. Let's talk about Alejandro Guzman. Yeah, look at that guy. He has literally like a red suit, really fancy looking watch. He reminds me of um, Stanley Tucci as Caesar Flickerman in The Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah, he gives off big Caesar Flickerman vibes. Yeah, he's decked out in the jewels. He has a, like a, like a what's the called, a pocket square? He does have a pocket square. Got the big pinky and ring. A, yeah. And a purple shirt. Is that a purple shirt? Bold choice. The purple shirt against the red suit. <laughs> Alejandro Guzman is not alone. Here's his co-host. Is, is he dressed as Montezuma? Is this the Montezuma look? Yes. I don't know. I would say so. Huge headdress, a lot of gold. He's rocking himself just like mustache. Yeah. I mean, his catchphrase is El Oro es mio. The gold is mine. So I guess he's Montezuma. I guess so. And they all get like 
El Oro de Montezuma shirts to wear. So Lizzie, Gordo, Miranda, and Carlos are the yellow team, and they're going to play against the red team. And the yellow team's logo is a snake. Lizzie's the only one who's not wearing light wash jeans. Tragic. Come on. Come on, Lizzie. You got the memo in the email this morning. Whitewash. So out of the loop. (laughs) Inconsistent. We talked about this last time too, but Matt's sort of glowing up a little bit here in season two as well. Yeah. No, here he is. Nice little sweater. Lanny Hawaiian shirts just seem to go together. Um, We talked a little bit already about the bullfighter outfit. I don't know that we need to go into a crazy amount more detail with that. Then that's pretty much it. I mean, there's also the sort of like Vanna White type character in the game show. There is, yeah. In her um, red dress with flowers in You know her what? Hair. She's kind of dressed like a Vegas showgirl. So maybe that's where Lizzie <laughs> had also just like put it into her head. Yeah. That's where she got Las Vegas. Yeah, that's where it came from. All right, so Lee's second look, very similar to his first look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except now he's got a yellow shirt with, are those fish? Like, what is this design? Yeah, I think it's fish. Lee loves definitely fish. Like, what's written on Lizzie's shirt? She's so coordinated there. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Like black shirt, black sweater, jeans. It's so normal. It's <laughs> rolled right. up jeans. Matt has some rolled up jeans and some nice little nice shoes too. All right, I think that's all of the outfits that we have to talk about today. So finally. Every week on the podcast, we select an MVP, and we've been keeping track of who will be the ultimate MVP of Lizzie McGuire. Kiara, just so you know, our goal is to cold call the winner of the MVP at the end of this <laughs> and see if they'll come onto the podcast. We'll oh my be gosh. Like, hey, you, arbit- you won our arbitrary MVP award. We would love to have you on the podcast. Right now, it's trending Lizzie McGuire, so it would mean a cold call to Hillary Duff, but she did crash somebody's <laughs> Zoom call a few months ago, so, you know. It's if not it happened, unlikely. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> cool. But Matt McGuire, played by Jake Thomas, is in second place currently, and I feel like he would actually be maybe attainable because I don't know what he's doing now. So true. What's he up to? I don't know. But yeah, Kiara, who is your MVP of this episode? I'd have to say Lanny for playing a an awesome game of hide and seek. I all mean, right. Matt's on his way out of town for all we know. And <laughs> Lanny's at home eating some amazing pizza, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I agree. I also is uh, am giving my MVP to Lanny this week for the reasons that you said. His incredible feet hiding in the ceiling, like just the ability to get up there is crazy. The fact that he was able to mail himself live cargo to the McGuire households <laughs> was just outstanding. The look of just repulsion at, <laughs> at Lizzie, Gordo, and Miranda as they were practicing for the game show basically summed up my entire feeling about what they were doing. And so for all those reasons, Lanny, I think, is the perfect MVP for this episode. Now I feel like I have to be different. You don't have to but be. But I you feel want like it. we have to go three for three. And it is mostly <laughs> for the look of what is this nonsense <laughs> that Lanny gave halfway through the episode. Wow, great week for Lanny. Like you can't like I'm, you know, going through the other characters and yeah, it it has to be Lanny. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> like just feels so right. All right, great week for Lanny. Lanny actually had one MVP already before this. So He's now up to 3.5. Guess, unfortunately, Kiara, you get half a vote. 
you know, you're kind of like here for yeah. a tiebreaker in case there's a tie. And we're like, well, Kiara was on here as a guest and she gave Lanny an MVP. So Lanny's at 3.5 right now, which slots him right behind Larry Tudgman and Ethan Kraft, <laughs> who each have four. So yeah, they're way back in the pack. There's a very slim chance that they will come out of here uh, as the ultimate MVP, but this was definitely a great week for Lanny T- or for Lanny Onassis. Did you almost say Lanny Tudgman? I did almost say Lanny Tudgman. <laughs> That would have been wrong. And I just would like to mention, we had um, our friend Ivan on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago. A couple months ago at this point. I guess, yeah, a couple months ago. And I will just say that he gave his MVP to the suburban taxi driver who had driven <laughs> who had driven them back home from the school dance. And so I just thought it was very funny that here again, we have the suburban taxi driver coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Like this could be, that could have been a real thing. And I don't even think the suburban taxi driver was in that episode, but it was like, he knew that it was going to, (laughs) he knew that it was going to come up eventually. And so if there was any episode where the suburban taxi driver was going to get another MVP, it had to have been this one. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. That was, that was a crazy episode. I'm not sad that it's over. Me either. (laughs) Cool. Kiara, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Very, very happy to talk with, uh, talk through some Lizzie McGuire with you. Yeah, I'm here anytime. <laughs> cool. So that was episode 202, El Oro de Montezuma. As always, we are on Twitter at Outfit Repeat Pod, and you can email us at Outfit Repeaters Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, this episode will be uploaded to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfit repeaters. It will also be available pretty much on any podcast platform at this point, so you can check it out there. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 203, Mom's Best Friend. Is this a black and white episode? (laughs) You'll see. Okay.